it's not about the price of your lessons and your offering. It's about the value to their children. If you can prove to a parent that your your lessons and your teachings are of great value to their children's the, the children, sorry, they'll they'll pay whatever you ask. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're gonna dig this. I oh, am. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Check check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of MartialArtsMedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. And welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast episode. Today, I'm joined with Matt Milchard, all the way from Pyramid Martial Arts. How are you doing today, Matt? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good to meet you. Pleasure to be here. So what would you like to talk about? Get straight into it. So Matt, the serial entrepreneur, has uh, multiple projects on the go, and his passion, obviously, is martial arts, which brings us here today. So let's, let's just start from the beginning, Matt. Give us a bit of a background. How did you get into martial arts? Who is Matt Molchard? Okay. Uh, martial arts, I grew up, actually, I grew up part of my life in Jakarta, in Indonesia. And uh, you're neck of the woods, or closer to you than it is to me. And when I was about 10 years old, I got introduced to the local art there and and learned it. Um, studied it for maybe two years when I was 10 years old. And then when my my family were brought back to the UK, I was desperate to carry on learning martial arts. So I tried lots of traditional styles, uh, or all sorts of traditional karate's that I could find in the UK until one actually stuck and I found one and I stuck with it for, for many years. Um, that was just freestyle sport karate, so it's kind of a blend of, of many different martial arts. Um, and then when I went to university, I, I moved away from the club I was at and I decided that I couldn't find a club that I was satisfied to carry on my training, so I opened my own one. And it's it's kind of spun out from there. That was many years ago, and I'm still doing it now. <laughs> you recall much about growing up in Jakarta? Um, yeah, I, I learned I learned Indonesian. It was it was like a, a second language. Um, I went to an American international school, um, which is fun, very diverse of you know cultures and experiences and and stuff like that, especially at that young age. Um, yeah, it was great. The weather is certainly a lot better than it is, is here in London. <laughs> I definitely definitely remember that. So you open up your your own school. So so how did how did this start? Now you and, and I guess I'll just backtrack because you did mention you you have fifteen different companies, about fifteen different businesses that you run. So, yeah. So what came first? Was was did the martial arts business come first, or was that? No, that was that was later on. I, I my first um, stab at running my own martial arts center was just when I was at university. I decided that I would run the university, the 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 club for the university for the students. 
and that that was fine and throughout studying my degree was actually in building nothing to do with martial arts or sport or leisure um i run the university kickboxing club for about three years and then went off into the big bad world and found myself a career and then years later i decided to open another one as a as a sort of commercial interest rather than the university one was just to train myself and to help my friends train so the actual commercial interest of the martial arts started about 10 years ago quite a funny story to that to be honest i was um out with some friends and my girlfriend at the time and there was a, a my girlfriend's best friend and my girlfriend at the time were having a, an argument and i stepped in to try and calm them down and the other lady's boyfriend stepped in to calm it all down and uh, it ended up me and him arguing because it was all a big mess and um, both went our separate ways but we found out later we both experienced martial arts and luckily it didn't come to blows because still to this day we joke about who were the one um, but it, it kind of formed formed a bond we, we shook hands afterwards and, uh, and apologized and then over a beer got talking about our interests and found out we were both accomplished martial arts artists and looking for uh, an opportunity to open the martial arts club so we ended up opening one together so what could have started off as a as a mischievous brawl ended up forming a lifelong business partnership with a good friend of mine so yeah that's how it all started that's how pyramid started the reason that it actually didn't escalate was because you both were experienced in martial arts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And the, both of us knew our ability and both of us don't go out looking for trouble because that's kind of what's embedded to you for a lifetime of martial arts, as you know, I'm sure you'll appreciate. So, but yeah, that, that's exactly it. We both realized that it's going to get out of control and walked away. But um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite a fun story and we do... Do enjoy our sort of annual um, awards ceremony and, and stuff like that with new members sharing that story um, because it, yeah it's, it's a funny way to start a business to be fair <laughs> that's, that's fascinating meant to be obviously it was it was meant to be and and still to this day obviously you know the the, the founder co-founder is still a very very close friend he lives miles away because he runs one of the gyms um, in a place called Birmingham which is about a four-hour drive from where I live so we don't see each other that much however he's he's running the operation up there and I'm running the operation down here so it, it works well For context about uh pyramid martial arts how many locations you have etc okay so we currently have nine locations throughout the UK um and growing um there are nine that are run by us um, we have a couple of franchise pilots that we're, we're operating right now as well. There's two of them being, so yeah, there's, there's nine self-run and two franchises. Uh, the franchise model is what we're very much expanding upon in 2019 next year. Um, but we just wanted to make sure the pilot model was correct. Um, as far as our, our main head office center, it's our biggest one and it's our first one. We run, I think, 12 different disciplines from there. So we're not a kickboxing school or a, a taekwondo school or a karate school. We're a multidiscipline school. And, you know, I know schools like us um, appear around the world, but certainly in the UK, we're one of a kind. I still haven't come across 
any schools in the UK that that um, service as many disciplines as we do. So our unlimited membership means that a young young child, boy or girl, could literally come every day and learn different styles and, and master different styles every day, whether it's jiu-jitsu, whether it's boxing, whether it's kickboxing, whether it's taekwondo, whether it's kung fu, we do all of them here. So it's, it's quite a, a diverse timetable. And I guess the reason we did that is when I was a, a young lad learning martial arts, I always wanted to try lots of different ones, but there wasn't one place where I could go to try them all at the same time. So in my head, even then, I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to have a school where you could try try everything? And so that's that's kind of what formulated our plan, really. And that's that's what we're doing. That's really popular amongst the students. To is is that sort of embedded in the culture to really cross over and and run the multiple styles, or do most of your students really just get fixated in the in the one? Um, uh, it's it's difficult. There's some students that do everything especially the fighters and we've got some pro and semi-pro fighters and obviously it's it's very um very good for them to learn a bit of everything so they have a you know a, a, a big vocabulary of moves and experience when they're actually you know in the ring or in the cage or whatever however we've also pride ourselves on being a, a lifestyle gym so it's not just about the fighters, it's it's about the, the family and the experience and people can come and meet friends. It's not just about kicking and punching to us. So there's there's quite a few of our students that do many different styles just because it means they mix with many different people. Whether they're rolling around on the mats one evening with a you know, doing jujitsu or standing up in the boxing ring, you know, having a, a couple of boxing bouts. So I I think a lot of them use it as a social hub as well well in fact i know they do know they do um I'm not saying it's you know it's the way we've done it you know i'm sure some people say oh, we should stick at one style that's a fair comment but we chose not to so and for us it works and and i, I see what you're saying about really it's it's a social hub so yeah. um so your students are really it's it's more of a bonding thing from what i can picture it that it's you know crossing the different styles it's not like a you know, I've got to be, maybe for some, you know, that I've got to just be fixated in the style, but it's because it's friends, it's like, hey, we'll try this and this. Does that sort of create a non-competitive type of environment in a way that, you know, people aren't uh, having to be one up type of thing? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. We've got, um, as I'm sure many clubs, there's there's sort of inter-student WhatsApp groups and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of monitor all these groups and all the time, my, my phone's pinging, saying, you know, one student saying, hey, you're doing BJJ tonight. Oh, I can't make tonight, but I'll see you at boxing tomorrow. Or, you know, oh, is Kung Fu still on on Friday night? And these things, you know, it's, it is a social. They, they tend to I spend more time at my gyms than they do out with their friends, it seems, some, certainly some of them. So it's, it's good. And we, we very much... Um, value the 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 social element of it we have lots of social events we put on lots of parties and award ceremonies and and social outgoings and i think that that's good because once you know we've got some very strong fighters in our camp and lots of other gyms have tried to poach them and they they may be better coaches it's not for me to say but all of our students stay with us because it we've become a bit of a family and I think a lot of that is the the social, you know, in, the social inclusion or whatever the correct wording is. 
you know, because they, they want to they want to stay with us and, and be with us. I mean, one, one you know, there's, there's other gyms that are very, very successful and, and produce very good fighters and they've tried to poach some of our fighters, but the, for whatever reason, the fighters are staying with us. So I think, I think there's a lot to be said for the, for the, the full inclusion and in the family in the martial arts setting, definitely. There's an old saying in the online marketing world that, uh, you know, when people sign on for online community, they, they come for the content, but they'll stay for the community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it 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 sounds like exactly what what you're saying. Just in the you know, people obviously attracted for that emotional reason or whatever they need or want to get out of martial arts, whether it's mm. fitness or confidence for the kid or or whatever. That's the draw card. But then, yeah, uh, the martial arts becomes part of the routine. But what keeps them going is friends and family, and that's the that's the real pain to disconnect. You know, I mean, yeah. why would you train ex gym? when you've got your whole family right here. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah. And that's, that's part of our business model. And because, because we're so diverse, I mean, our students start at three years old, which not many martial arts gyms, certainly in the UK, they won't touch three year olds. They, they won't, you know, most gyms start at about five, but we, we developed a, a program, um, for, for three ages, three plus, And it's been very successful because what it means is that, the the whole family unit we've got something for the whole family unit you know we've got something for a three-year-old we've got something for a seven-year-old we've got something for mum we've got something for dad we've got something for the cousin you know and we do family packages to encourage whole families to join not just individuals so i think my our marketing point of view is as you just highlighted i think that's that's a value of got well certainly of great value to us we sell more family package, far more family packages than we do for individual packages. I'm going to ask a few things on marketing, but can you clarify just your two models? Because you mentioned you've, so you've got the franchise model that you really want to focus on in 2019 yeah. and, and beyond. Yeah. And then you mentioned you also have the, the pilot model, correct? No, no, it's the pilot of the franchise. So we, we, we run nine gyms ourselves. They're self-managed by, by us from head office. And the franchise model, we've got two pilots, so we're just playing with it, making sure it's right before we roll out the, the franchise as, as an official line. Um, ideally, we'd like to have gyms in all the, the main towns in the UK, 100% definitely, but on a logistic point of view, it's, it'd be very difficult to self-manage you know, too many more. We're quite stretched at nine as it is. So <coughs> we're looking at perhaps one more to make it the magical 10 that's self-run and then the rest will be will be franchises. Um, that's that's the plan and I think that's the way it seems to be going. So your day-to-day life look then you've got <laughs> you've got going for 10 martial arts schools, you've got yeah. a franchise that you that that you really want to get going with, and then yeah. you've also got all these other businesses that you run. So so how what is what is your day to day role within the martial arts within the martial arts business? Okay, um, I have I have teams that run run the individual clubs. You know, the chief instructors, um, receptionists, um, the PTs, um, uh, cleaners. You know, there's a whole team that run it and, and gym managers. So I t- myself and my partner tend to float in 
for weekly meetings, sit down with the whole team and, and discuss what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, look at um, promotions, look at uh, pricing, look at competitions, look at social events and together work as a team to to try and keep an eye on each one of them. As you, as you pointed out, I run multiple businesses, so I can't be on the ground with all of them at the same time, of course not. But I too do make a real effort to try and meet all the students, even the ones that I don't directly teach. I mean, my, my background is freestyle sport, karate and kung fu. So I, if I teach, I teach those lessons, maybe a bit of Krav Maga. But the, I'm, I go out of my way to get to know my my BJJ students or my Taekwondo students, although I don't directly teach them, I think it's good that they always know and can approach myself and my partner as the gym owners rather than just being a strange person that wanders in and out every once in a while. So we, we do make a conscious effort to do that. But as far as my day-to-day -day routine goes, I still try and teach, especially the black belts. Um, I teach in about three of the clubs every week. I probably do about 10 hours a week, so at least, um, ranging from the, the children's up to the adults. Um, I'd like to do more, but physically and mentally I, I can't. <laughs> Um, because my, you know, my other daytime uh, commitments are with the other, the other businesses. So the 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 core ones that I picked up there was obviously the the, the meetings, uh, the weekly meetings. Yeah. Um, really focused on on making sure that you are uh, get that personal connection with as many students. Yeah. How difficult is that for you to to do? Like. Have you got a process that you, um, is it just sort of showing up and, and trying to make as many connections as possible? Or have you got that down to a, a system where you can really introduce yourself to as many students as possible? Um, we've, got, we've got the system. I guess myself and my partner try and be at all the gradings. Um, so they'll see us, well, they'll, they'll see us at the, the table doing the gradings. And obviously we're very vocal and, and introducing who we are, what we do, and, and trying our best to not to be that, that scary grandmaster that everyone has to bow down to, to more be um, proactive and calm them down and say, look, we're just testing you to show us how good you are and show us, you know, show us how much you're learning. So I think we're trying to to befriend everyone rather than be this distant school owner that just takes everyone's money um so that that's that's the idea and you know i'll go into class obviously i won't interrupt lessons that other instructors are, are doing but i'll be around and sit and watch and and comment and you know so and and all of the teams are on the regular um newsletters that are always signed off by me there's pictures of all our instructors and all our gyms. There's pictures of a lot of our students and all our instructors on, on the website. So although there's many locations, we try and bring the locations together for the award ceremonies or for the gradings um, to, to, to make sure all the different clubs um, know each other and the other instructors. I rotate my instructors as well. So one instructor might be teaching one venue one week and then another one another week. So it's always fresh that the, the experience is always fresh. Although it's the same syllabus and the same teaching styles, 
the lessons are always fresh because you can get, you know, I think you can very much get stuck in a rut if you're teaching the same lesson to the same people week after week. So I feel by mixing up the, the instructors, it, it gives a fresh approach to the warm up or, or to the teaching techniques, etc. So I think I went off on a bit of a tangent there. So <laughs> perfect. That's that's what this podcast conversations are about. It's it's about tangents. It's about exploring and and just yeah, yeah just just with the things that you do and you know what provides value with uh, to to everyone who who, who listens. Um, so, so, so Matt, yeah, uh, and before we got started, uh, something that we um, that we touched on was uh, your vast experience in other companies and marketing with kids centers, etc. Yeah. So, how does how does this cross over into your into your martial arts business, and how does that benefit? Okay. So one of my core businesses is, 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 as you correctly said, children's centres and uh, nurseries, uh, like day nurseries um, for, for babies up to three, four, five-year-olds. So, uh, for instance, my, my biggest uh, children's centre has 150 full-time places for children on a daily basis. So from that, obviously, I have a... a, a, a a real um, insight into the marketing and what the parents are thinking and and how they wish to develop their children just because of the the the, the educational side so another USP for us is that in our children's centers we offer martial arts lessons um, and so, so that's the USP for the for the nurseries but also works the other way because a lot of our nursery parents will drop their young children in the nursery, but then to get to the nursery, they have to walk through the martial arts corridor where they can see there's offers for their for the siblings, for the slightly older children, or themselves. So the, the mum can put her child in nursery and then go and have a self-defense lesson while her child is in nursery in the same location. So we've purposely made that connection with both companies because one absolutely uh, facilitates and complements the um, the other. So now, whenever I open a new children's centre, very soon after it comes a pyramid martial arts in the same location, in the generally in the same building. Um, and again, with that, because we've built up a very big uh, name and reputation within the uh, school and community it's very easy for us to go into local schools and do talks about martial arts because I can get, I can ride on the fact that I'm connected with the educational uh, syllabuses, the community, the, 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 the teacher associations because of the other business. So it, it certainly opens a lot of other, a lot of doors within the martial arts. If you're, you've got your foot in the education sector as well. Absolutely. I can just see the, you know, it's like a perfect merge of, yeah, of, of really being obviously having the the foot on the ground, I think is almost probably the um, the most important. Being able to tune into conversations and understanding what's 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 going on, you know, for for starters. Um, it, it and and let me ask you this, Matt. Like knowing knowing what what you discover within the children's centres and conversations you have with parents. Yeah. Um, what what do you what do you pick up that you really try and implement on the martial arts side that's fairly simple to answer 
So with with um, with with parents of young children, and I have two young children myself, so I can certainly identify with everything they're saying. It's not about the price of your lessons and your offering. It's about the value to their children. If you can prove to a parent that your your lessons and your teachings are of great value to their children's the, the children, sorry, they'll they'll pay whatever you ask. That's that's the hardest thing, getting across the value of what you're teaching. And what I mean by that is what 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 benefits the child and why it's vital that the child learns these these key skills from a very early age, you know, whether it be discipline and respect and, and fitness and all these things. The, the sooner you can help the child learn these things from a very early age, the more they'll develop into a, you know, a more grounded, uh, grounded and and rounded, um, you know, individual as they go through their life challenges. And I think if you can get that message across to the parents of how you're going about that, um, that they'll they'll pay whatever you want. As I say, is it is it possible to articulate that? Like, how how do you go about this demonstrating or like really communicating that value? I think it's it's getting them within the conversation to to to, to buy into it and understand it. Um, for instance, you know, no no parent that I know of would want their child to be bullied. Of course, they wouldn't. No parent would want their child to grow up to be obese or to be disrespectful or to get themselves into trouble or connect them in the wrong group. So you're offering an opportunity. To help them avoid that from a young age by instilling, you know, discipline and, and key life skills. So to articulate it, you, you kind of you have to you have to almost get into their head and show them the path they don't want their children to take, and then show them how you can help them put their children on the path with their help. Um, you know, from the start, you know, all of us, all of our lessons and teachings and syllabus include homeworks which um you know really makes the parent interact with the the child's martial arts career but more importantly they can see the progress on a daily basis for instance on our on our very young classes we make our our children take home a tick sheet and on that tick sheet the parents tick and sign that they've done 15 minutes a night practicing that they've being respectful that they're actively holding doors open or they're, they're making their bed or they're helping with the washing up or all these things that the parents are actually ticking and handing in to prove that the the, the teachings go beyond the dojo. They go home and, and help the children develop at home because I think the parents can see that. They, they understand it and they support it more because if a child and all young children, they – they may say, oh, I, I don't want to go tonight because such and such is on telly or I want to play on my Xbox or it's cold outside. Many parents, if they don't understand the value, would say, okay, don't worry. Don't, we'll miss it tonight. Go and watch telly. But most of our parents will say, nope, you're not missing it. This is important. Regardless, obviously they're paying for it, but more they see the value and they want the children to go regardless. And I think if you can get the buy-in from the parent – your student retention, from our point of view, will be a lot better. Well, I was on an episode I did with a young entrepreneur, um, Adam Myers, um, and, okay. and he was discussing he was discussing this this topic of really. Um, I mean, he's only been going for twelve months, and he's he's pushed it up for 
250 students. So he's, okay. he's, he's really on a, on a sprint. And he was talking about his whole thing of, of kindness and, and really just placing the energy on the people that are actually paying. Um, yeah. you know, rather than, it's one thing for the kid to know that they're having an awesome class, but the parent doesn't know that. So yeah. to really make the parent see the, see the follow the value. I really, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really like what you said, and I can guarantee you that a lot of the podcast listeners are going to implement just that whole <laughs> that whole check check sheet system. Matt, I feel we're sort of scratching the surface. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's so many there's so many questions I can ask you, and so many directions we can go. Okay. Um, is there anything else from your experience with your your other external? Uh, your other businesses that overlap into the martial arts industry? Um, again, in recruitment, we do a lot of, um, I have uh, some children's event companies as well. And in that we put on a lot of um, parties and corporate events and and uh, festivals and, and this sort of thing, outdoor events. And that also gives me an opportunity to engage with with parents and families because they're all at my events so not only can i i build my email list up obviously um it gives me a chance to to to, to advertise you know on all the all the flyers and all the uh, marketing material because i'm in control of it i can put my logo sort of where i want but again with the parties we usually have we, we offer martial arts uh, children's parties for instance where the instructors go through a, um, a training program as a children's entertainer as well. And what, what that does, the interesting thing, what that does, if we hold a children's party with a martial arts flavor to it for 25, 30 children at a time, potentially you've got th 25 to 30 new clients with you for a social event, trying out your product for free because someone else has paid for the party um, and it gives you a real opportunity to to show the kids what fun they can have at a martial arts lesson but also the parents sitting watching a party of how um, how involved the children are um, so there's so many different ways you can market your product away from the normal um, just you know, standing on the street handing out flyers. There's there's multiple ways you can get in the head of, of potential students. Um, and again, yeah, that's I use another one of my businesses to do that by by parties, by parties and events. Um, sometimes we have um, we put on sort of carnivals and 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 street festivals. So I always offer for free a martial arts uh, stand or float where the kids are demonstrating bow staffs or nunchucks or, or, or their routines. And other kids can see them, you know, doing it to music. So it's all fun and upbeat. But other kids can see it and think, oh, I want to be a part of that. That looks fun. So, yeah, I guess that's that's another way we can use the other businesses to, to promote the, the martial arts side. Your question, you, you mentioned something that I don't hear martial artists, martial arts business owners say often was – the emphasis on you building your email list. Now, yeah. it's it's something I'm a big component of in all our like our partners program. We focus on the automation side, but then also the actual activity of using that as a broadcast and relationship building tool. Yeah, and and a lot of marketers obviously 
sprout the idea that email is a dead horse and etc. What's yeah. what's your take? What's your take on and how do you use email within your businesses? Um, okay. Yeah, email email is not as strong as it used to be. I'll, I'll I'll admit that. I think it should be part of your armor, not a uh, part of your armory, not all of it. Um, we use a mixture of um, uh, live chat on our websites. We use uh, ClickFunnels um, to to guide potential clients into our email lists. Um, we use uh, uh, Messenger bots so they can have live. Um, uh, updates or live communication, whatever time of day or night, through our through our messenger bots. Um, so I think I think it's important to use all the technologies sort of at your your disposal. But I, I don't. I think it's too early to write off emails completely. They're not as responsive. Um, people they go into junk files and some people ignore them. Absolutely, but I think there's still a value, especially within in. Um, Conjunction with click funnels, from my experience, um, a click funnel. I'm sure yourself has come across a click funnel. For anyone that probably hasn't, it's a way of channeling all your media into one place, and then with that data, then you can contact potential uh, clients. Um, that, that's that's my understanding. I'm I'm not techie at all, but that's not that's my understanding of it. And it it certainly works in that fashion for us. So yeah, that's 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 something we um. I mean, we, we're a big component of using different funnels and things, yeah. um, whether it's click funnels or, you know, tools that. Oh, yeah, there's, there's various. I know click funnels is, is, is a brand, but um, yeah, no, I know there's various ways of doing funneling. Yeah, absolutely. Like what you said, so, you know, the multiple channels, it's it's definitely not the, the be all and end all. Um, to pay attention, obviously, to what's, you know, what's relevant right now. I mean, chat, yeah. chat bots are on a. Um, I'd say for the most part, a, a, an uptrend. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely chat on you know websites. You yeah, know, like, uh, we use something like Intercom where we try and funnel everything into the the one location that we've got oh, one okay. central source where we can where we can pick up. You know, if there's a Facebook Messenger coming in, or if there's a uh, a chat from a website, or yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's it. I think you need it. Certainly, when I was starting out. There would be post-it notes with someone's phone number on, and an email, and and a text message, and trying to collate it all was when when you're when you're starting out, it's fine. But as soon as you start growing, there's no way you can keep on top of it. And the same from our point of view for the billing. You know, I, I speak to some uh, martial artists, and quite you know some other schools come to me for some advice sometimes, and I I, I give it happily. And some of them say, well, so how do you keep on top of your payers? You know, I've got all these lists of people that have paid this month and haven't paid this month. And you'll you drive yourself mad. There's no way if you've got 100, 200, 500, 1,000 students, there's no way you can keep up with who's paying and who isn't and who's missed their bill and who's forgot to pay. And there's, there's no way. It's uncontrollable. So you need technologies, as I'm sure you'll agree, to help you keep control of that as well. Um Yes, I think there's it's moved on far from just learning to teach people to kick and punch. If you're a successful martial arts school owner, you need to embrace the technology and you need to learn it or get someone to show you how to do it because there's no way you can build a big successful school without it, I don't think. Certainly not from my point of view. Having you on, and I'd really like to take this conversation 
further at, at some point in time would be, yeah. would be fantastic. Um, so, so for now, uh, thanks again for, for jumping on. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, where can, where can they find you? Uh, well, the, the main website is www.pyramidmartialarts.com. Uh, pyramid, like the Egyptian pyramids. So it's just pyramidmartialarts.com. Um, contact me directly on that. The, the, there's, a, there's a way of contacting me directly. But then there's also well, online, there's videos of what we do. Um, there's there's uh, access to all the different clubs. We've got an instructor's forum. I mean, you have to get a password to get into instructor's forum, but all our instructors communicate and share lesson plans, which I actively encourage. Um, yeah, so visit visit us and drop me a message, and I'd be happy to talk to anyone, of course. Slate by you. Thanks for being on, and uh, I hope to connect with you soon. No, my pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now, and or just have a, a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group and in there I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So uh, it's called the Martial Arts Media Community and an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group. So martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P. There's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group. That will take you straight there. Uh, Request to join and I will accept your invitation. Thanks. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.